You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning. I want to uh, <clears throat> I want to begin with with some good news. Uh, things are looking awful. Perfectly in line with Revelation. Things are on track. The world is attacking believers. And uh, things are looking grim. And it's all good news. It's, we know where we are, at least. I read last week where somebody's GoFundMe page was taken down because they had a scripture included on the page. So, uh, yeah, things are just right where they should be. Things are looking tough. Church is under attack. There's... You'll hear preachers talk about this great falling away. So we know where we are and things are good. Because we, I, you know, I don't know if you've done it or not, but I went over to the back of the book and I read. And guess what? We win. That's really good news. May not look like it today, but, I, you know, we win. We just have to wonder all, about all the things that are going on between here and there. Must be doing something right somewhere. But it tells me something. It tells me also that we're beyond the days of cookies and Kool-Aid. We're, we're to the days of truth. We're to the days when, when the truth, and I, and I will assure you, we've got to settle this within ourselves before it will ever make any difference to anyone else. We have to begin to understand that many of the things that God has already done are final. We talk about these, but there's not any way to bring hope into someone's story if we keep teaching them something that's marginal or maybes. We have to be able to tell them God loves you. And you know the most remarkable thing that will happen when the Holy Spirit begins to rise in us, it won't matter the words that we say, they will know that the Father loves them by the tone of our voice. We will introduce them to Jesus by no more than just opening our mouth and letting words come out because they will come out under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They will begin to understand. They have questions right now. Does God love me? How will it be answered? They'll hear your voice and know that he does. They'll wonder how things are going. They'll listen to your voice. They'll see it on your face and they'll know that things are okay. I tell you what, we have more in us. We have an anointing on us and if we would simply step into that anointing, Promises have been made. Assurances have been given to you and I today about who we are, the people that we are, and we need to understand today how to step into that. The world's waiting. We think it's going in the right direction. I'm so glad to be able to announce it. No, it's not. It's going in a great direction. It's going in His direction. It's going according to His plan, and it's going according to His purpose, and I just am so glad I get to step into that and be a part of it. It's just great news. Great news for you and I today. But this, the, the things that we talk about, I was fishing with a person this past week. And to tell them, because the conversation was about sin, I said, you do know, please understand, you do know that that sin you're talking about is already forgiven. It was forgiven before it was committed. And this person said, that kind of changes everything, doesn't it? And I said, it changes absolutely everything to know that your sin is already forgiven. Accepting that and believing that lets us walk in the freedom of that truth, but your sins are already forgiven or the cross didn't work. 
You worked. Your sins are forgiven. Doesn't mean you're all saved. Doesn't mean we're all saved. But it does mean the minute I come into agreement with that truth, then I will be regenerate. I will be saved. The fact that I can't do anything to please him more and I can't do anything to please him less. That his love for me is based on him and not me. That's final. That's not a maybe. He loves us. And you can't mess up enough to change that fact. That is a truth. It's absolute. And I can comfort people with that truth when I know it's an absolute. But as long as I keep teaching that you can mess up and it will affect how God loves you, they will never be steady in the things that they're, that they're going through. I love that. I love the fact that we can know that what God has already established, what God has already done. I want us to, if you'll go with me, I want you just to begin this morning in Joshua. Because from this passage in Joshua chapter 1, I want us to pick out some of those promises that God made Joshua after the passing of Moses. The promise is profound and it's amazingly specific, but also necessary if he was to fulfill that for which he was now intended. I want to tell you without any question that God has made you promises specific to you according to that which he has purposed in you. We need to get that. That God has made you promises specific to you, not only as a believer, but to you by name. He's made promises to you according to that which he has purposed in himself for you. He made you with a purpose. And he's given you promises according to that purpose. So let's begin in Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord has come to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, into the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now then, I'm just going to jump, giving you the promises. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you. In verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. I will be with thee. I will never fail thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land. Verse 9, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Verse 13, the Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. These are promises, profound, absolute, given to Joshua. Moses is dead. These have now been given to Joshua. I also want us to notice within those same passages the tense in which, which God is speaking. Back in verse 3, that I have given unto you. What does that mean? It's already done. The promises that I have made you are already established. There's not a work that I need to do to make sure they happen. I wouldn't have promised them if the work hadn't already been complete. Guess what? God won't make you a promise unless the work that he needed to do to assure that promise has already been done. You don't have to wonder. It's an absolute. The promises he's made, the, everything on his part has already been done. Verse 5, I will be with thee, present tense, right now, and, and in the future. I will be. I am and I will be. Verse 9, 
for the Lord thy God is with thee, present. Verse 13, God has given you. That's already been done. I will assure you this morning that that which he has spoken in promise, as a promise, has already been completed. Mark, move that over into the category of absolutes. He will not make a conditional promise to you on his part. He has assured that promise. I, will, I, will, I can't even imagine what would happen in the Christian world if we would begin to live according to that truth. What has he promised us? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That promise is secure because the work it took on his part to give us the Holy Spirit is already done. There's not a condition left to be met. The reason that the world doesn't take us seriously is because we don't believe these serious things. We don't live according to that promise. They weren't, Joshua sitting here, hearing these promises, but to him, where are, where's the fulfillment of it? It's still in the future. These promises are made, but to him, they haven't happened yet. He hasn't realized these things yet. He hasn't led the children of Israel into, into Canaan yet. He hasn't put his foot over there to actually see if that place would be his. He, does, he hasn't stepped over there to see truthfully if God will be with him and that he will enter into this rest that's been promised. He hasn't experienced any of that yet. There's many things, the promises of God that we haven't experienced yet, but they don't, that doesn't make them any less real. But here's the kicker. There is, a, there is a mentality in the Christian world today that says because of these promises, we can set back and, the, and we actually can have no part in it. That is almost to step back and, make, and just let God do what only God can do. Man, that sounds right, doesn't it? It sounds profound. It sounds deep. Just sit back, rest, and let God do what only God can do. But there's a problem in this story. Because this is what God told Joshua. Every place, what? Where you place your foot will be yours. What was Joshua's part? He had to put his foot. I can stand here and say that place is mine because it's already been done. I can see something in my future that has already been established. And it's absolutely on God's part, already been secured for me. But the question remains, will I take that step? What had happened back with the children of Israel under Moses? What had happened? God had told them the same thing. Every place you put your foot when you step into the land of Canaan will be yours. You won't have to fight. I will fight for you. What was the problem? They could not put their foot in Canaan. And because of their unbelief, as we studied a couple of weeks ago, they profited them nothing. You see, we have an active part in this story to accept and understand that these promises that have been made to us, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon is yours, but your foot has to tread in those places. 
Why is this necessary? It's not hard. Why is it necessary? Because that which God has promised is accessed by what? By faith. Faith. God established faith when exercised allows the full release of power. That power to bring about that which he has promised. It is and has always been about obedience. Is it his promise? What's the answer? Yes. His provision? Yes. His faith? Yes. His power? Yes. My footstep? Yes. He's not going to mechanically move my feet into those places I have to take that step. Now, I got through that portion pretty quickly because that's not the message. I want us to make note of something else very relevant in this story. It's relevant and it speaks directly to our inability to take those steps, those steps that allow the promise of our purpose to be fulfilled in us. There's a huge obstacle mentioned in this scripture. Why most of us, most sitting in churches, have never even come close to stepping into the fulfillment of the promise that God made in our individual purpose. Why is it that so few are actually walking in the purpose for which God had intended them? There's something going on here. There's something that if we're not careful, we will, we will miss. Let's go back and find it. Early back in, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, my servant, Moses, my servant is dead. Hmm. Moses, my servant is dead. <clears throat> the promise of God that he would be with Joshua, which he makes, he said, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. It required that Joshua fully accept that that which had, he had once trusted, once depended on, once loved, is now gone. This is his time. Moses, my servant, is dead. What difference does this make to you and I? We will, listen to this, we will never step into the promises of our own, promises of our own lives if we do not remove our dependency on someone else that has been a blessing to us. This gets tricky. Who had Moses been to Joshua? His teacher, his mentor, his friend, his trusted partner. Moses had been, had been his leader. And you're saying that I can't step into my role until that person is dead? Yes. 
How many of us are standing behind somebody else's salvation? How many of us are standing behind somebody else's testimony? Somebody else's leadership? Somebody else's truth? Somebody else's willingness? Somebody else's faith? How many of us are standing behind someone we trusted? Someone who was a blessing to us? Someone who taught us? Someone who we loved? Well, I will assure you, you will not move into the fulfillment of your promise until you have stepped beyond that that person. Step beside them, step to the left, step to the right, but you will not step into the fulfillment of it. Joshua had been there. Joshua had followed. Joshua had seen the leadership of Moses, but Moses is now dead. It's Joshua's time. It's your time. You stood behind people, letting people teach, letting people show, letting people give, letting letting people's faith. I will assure you, you will never find God's purpose for you standing behind someone else that you once trusted. We have been taught to stand behind those people. I will assure you, this is much more than just a a metaphorical picture. We will never step into those lives, into those purposes, until our restriction caused by someone who has come against us is dead. We will never step into the promises until a situation or a circumstance that once blessed us has fully been released. Isn't that something? We still are running on old stories, old testimonies. Until that becomes as if it were dead to us, I won't move beyond it. God has told us these statements that we get trouble with. Unless you're willing to hate, powerful word, hate your father and mother, you can't follow me. He's telling us these in extreme ways because he's saying, if there's some obstacle that's holding you back, even though it's been the richest blessing to you, you will not step into that which God has purposed in you. And I will tell you, we are at a time when we need individual stepping beyond that. We will not step into those promises until the situation or circumstances that we hope for but never came is dead to us. We will never step into the promises of our own lives until the situations and circumstances that we could not overcome are dead to us. I want to tell you, this is, this is the powerful statement. I want to say it carefully. I don't want God to misunderstand. Many of you are not going to move into the purposes of your life until you reckon me as dead. It won't happen. You have to recognize your capability in the spirit that's not coming through me, coming through him. I love the fact that you will come and that I can teach and I can share and I can love you and you can love me. I love that and I'm glad it can continue. But you have to reckon me at some point as dead so that you can go beyond and find your purpose that God has purposed for you in him. And it can't be behind, standing behind me. There's a place where you've got to come arm in arm and side by side and, rec- and, and recognize that I'm stepping into a life of my own. I can't be held back anymore simply because, I've, because of someone. And I stand, in, I stand large in that position. I, I, I can tell you for, for years, 
in, in, in strangest ways, I, don't even, I couldn't even put it into words, couldn't describe it well, that I stood behind Dale Kane. Dale's teaching, he was smart and, and great wisdom. And you, and you, can't, you, you consider yourself, I'll, I'll never be quite what he was. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm so glad that I'm not. But I am who God made me to be. I didn't have to wait. I didn't have to stand in line. I didn't have to reckon him to be anything more than, than the man that he was so that I could become the man that God intended for me to be. I couldn't stand behind his teaching anymore. It had to become mine. It had to, it, the, there had to be a time. And so when I told Dale, sitting in this first classroom, I told Dale that, about the vision that God had given me that I was supposed to be the pastor here while he was still pastor. He was so relieved, so excited because God had shown him that it was time for him to go, but he couldn't go until that day, that Tuesday morning on that February morning when I told Dale that, I, that what God had shown me, he was so relieved because he was very willing to step to the side so that I could become what, what God had intended, the Joshua to the Moses. The announcement to Joshua then and to us now is that Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, my servant, is dead. Any person who has blessed us is dead. Any situation, dead. Any circumstance, dead. I want us to go to Romans chapter 6. It says this so well there. It teaches this so well from this verse. Romans chapter 6. I'll begin with verse 9, but we'll focus on verse 11. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. And there, now verse 11. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The interesting word in there is the word reckon. It is in Greek, logisomi, which I probably did a very poor job of announcing, but it means to count, to compute, or to calculate, or to count over. Now, what difference does this make? He's telling us this. Sin or anything else that stands against God's purpose in us must be added up, must be reckoned as dead. He said it is sin. Anything, sin, anything else, we have to reckon as dead. Now, when reckon means added up, this is what it says. The instruction here is to add it up. Any way you want to add it up. Any way you want to add up something in your life that stands between you and God's purpose. Anything that that happens to be. Any way you want to add those things up. Whether it be somebody that blessed you or somebody that's been against you. Or some situation that's been hard. Or some situation that's been good. Or some situation that won't resolve. Any way you want to add those up. You have to add them up as in, indeed as if they were dead. Because he's telling us with this absolute certainty, there can be nothing that stands between you and the purpose that I've established in you. And anything that stands there has to be reckoned as dead. 
You can't negotiate with it. You can't work around it. You can't give it time. You can't give it energy. You can't give it your heart because it will rob from the purpose for which God intended you. I wish today what a powerful difference it would make for you and I sitting here and for the Christian world if we would function according to the purpose He intended in us. And again, I'm not talking about jobs. I'm not talking about careers, though that may be a part of it. I'm talking about living according to that which He has purposed, an identity that He gave us so that everywhere I go, I can be wisdom, whether it's in the grocery store or at Walmart or here in the sanctuary or in the, in the vehicle or standing in Kate and, and Ryan's garage yesterday. I can be wisdom to someone according to that which He's purposed in me. Someone in here just a few minutes ago was telling me about an encounter they had the other night. It was difficult. But it was so nice to know that truth showed up in the difficult moment because this person's name is Truth. Truth showed up. Purpose, God's purpose showed up in the middle of a difficult situation. Doesn't that sound like God? Doesn't it just sound just like Him? That when we can finally get everything out of the way and step into that which God has purposed in us, the identity that He gave us, that He will begin to produce that fruit by His Spirit in us wherever we go. I will assure you it will change the world. We get to read the last of the book and we win, but I want to take you to be a lot of fun between here and there as well. We can dread the day or we can look forward to it because I have every intention. According to that which he's purposed in me, I want to take everybody with me into that future that God has assigned for me to take because I don't want to, I, I am, I don't want to leave them behind me brokenhearted. I don't want to leave them behind me when their hearts are still hurting. I don't want to leave them behind me lost. If it's God, if by the truth of God, the wisdom that he gives me, if, if according to that which he purposed in me, I do not want to leave somebody behind because I wouldn't step into that purpose. I want to be who he made me to be every day as much as I possibly can. I want to live according to that which he has established, promises that are already fulfilled. And I want that, I, I, I want big arms reflected by a big heart that, of his that beats in me. I want big hands because I, 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 I want to move. My fingertips touching yours so that we're covering every inch of ground so that the harvest is taken and the harvest is complete and no one is left behind because we wouldn't step into the purposes of God. Because something in front of me, whether it was blessing, I, I tell you, I live, I live behind some great men. I had a friend when I was little, his name was Baldy Joyner, and, and Baldy was just this man bigger than life to me. It was because I lived across the street from him and he paid attention. I'm, I can't look back to any spectacular thing that he did except that he was Baldy Joyner in my life. That was, that was all. But to me, it was spectacular. You all have people like that in your lives. You know who they are. But their day is done and it, it, it's, it's yours. It's mine. I'm grateful for everything they taught, everything they did, for the people that they were. But those things, even today, as much as I love you, isn't it strange that I have to reckon you dead so that I can step into the fullness of the promise? Because if I don't, I'll preach to you 
I'll preach at you. Instead of, instead of recognizing we have an audience of one. I have to be dead to you. You have to reckon me. Add it up any way you want to. I can't be an obstacle between you and your purpose. For good reasons or poor, I can't be an obstacle. We have to reckon them dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, I will make you this promise. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I'm going to say this, and I want to say it with no arrogance as best I can. But if you, if, you, if you think by any measure that God walks in me, the Holy Spirit lives in me, I can tell you the minute that you reckon me dead, the promise will be made, just as he is in Randy, he is in you. Just as he is with Moses, Joshua, I will be with you. Just as you've been with Jackie, you'll be with Johnny. Johnny, just as he's been with you, he'll be with Mr. Hensley and with Teresa. That's a promise already established. What needs to die in your life? What do you need to reckon is dead? What's standing in the way? What's the obstacle that keeps you from stepping into the fulfillment of your promise and the assurance of all that God has purposed in you? I don't know. Whatever it is, time to reckon it dead. Father, we thank you this morning that you bring this with clarity. You made great promises to Joshua, but Moses is dead. Every promise that had been made to Moses now rests on the shoulders of Joshua because, because your promise, you said you would be with Joshua just as you were with Moses, that you would be with me just as you were with Baldy Joyner, with my mom, with Dale Cain, with many others, mighty men, mighty women, forces in our lives as children, as young adults, as adults. But Lord, the day has come when we too have to step into our purpose just as they once did into theirs. Today's the day for many to step into that purpose and no longer live behind some reason, some situation, some circumstance, or some person because you've taught us to add it up. And any way we add it, any way we count it, those obstacles have to be dead or we will stand behind them and wonder why the purpose is never fulfilled. Thank you, Father, that you are taking people beyond, beyond each other, beyond me, beyond friends, beyond neighbors, beyond mentors. You're taking people beyond. Thank you, Father, for that assurance, for that picture of you, of you taking us beyond so that we, don't, we, can, we can step into those purposes for which you have intended. Thank you, Father. Let us see that today and let those things be reckoned as dead in our lives that have stood in the way too long. We thank you for what you're doing in this moment. Lives are being changed in this moment. Freedom is coming in this moment because things are being reckoned as dead. Thank you, Father, for the situations that are being let go, circumstances that we haven't been able to change, being released because they're now dead to us according to your promises so we can step into the future that you have given us. Thank you, Father, that that's happening right now in lives. Miracles we cannot tangibly see in the moment, but we'll see them tomorrow as lives move in freedom and purposes are fulfilled. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing by your Spirit in this moment. 
in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.